Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. Very excited to be joined here. Of course, I'm Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Uh, very excited to be joined this week by Zach Barnett. Now, uh, Zach Barnett, national columnist, footballscoop.com. For all you uh, college football junkies, and they have high school scoop too, uh, footballscoop.com is, is a go-to for the for the junkies like myself uh but i remember you zach when you were a student at texas i don't know where the time goes uh, because you've been at football scoop since 2012 uh how are you doing happy new year thank you for having me doing well yeah it's been it's been a long time uh it was 15 years ago now that i started uh there as a student um just i majored in history but i basically majored in football uh, during my time there, I spent all my free time and some of my non-free time, uh, you know, at the at the SID offenses, just trying to soak up as much as I could, uh, working under the great John Bianco, Jeremy Sharp, Thomas Stepp, those guys, um, and then did that for three years. Uh, you know, my famous story is I spent uh, I had nine hundred dollars to my name and spent six hundred of it going to the national championship game against Alabama. And uh, we all know how that turned out. And then um, from there, I just uh, wanted, knew I wanted to work in college football. So I got a job at North Texas. Um, I uh, interned at the National Football Foundation, which is uh, based out of Irving, uh, for uh, one of the summers in college and got a job there uh, shortly after college. And did that for two years, just kind of uh, trying to build up their website, their web presence. Um, you know, helping run their programs and then kind of hit my head on the ceiling there for two years and then uh, just applied to football scoop. I saw like on Monday they had posted that they were looking to hire someone. Uh, I didn't send an email until Wednesday, but I got a response quickly and then uh, basically had the job, you know, that night. And that was October 2012. And now we hear here we are uh, basically January 2022. And I'm still here. I mean, it's been, it's been almost 10 years now. It's hard to believe. Well, let's, let's talk about that. And of course, I, you know, your dad, Dave Barnett, voice of everything in the Metroplex, the Rangers. I mean, he, he's Emmy award winning sports broadcaster. I'm sure that had a little to do with your, your love of sports, but um, so at football scoop, you, you, I love this because you went from the SID side kind of back to the reporter writer side. Yeah. Not a lot of people do that, but that, that was my path. So what was it about it that you just said, I want to be in it? <laughs> um, you know, really it was a motivation to uh, get out of the situation that I was in at that time. And, um, you know, I, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I believe God guides our steps and I believe he opened that door for me. 
And, you know, I, I thought I could be good at the job and, um, uh, you know, I certainly did have to operate different sides of your mind, but I thought it'd be something fun, something I could be good at. And, uh, almost 10 years now, hopefully I'm getting to be where I'm okay at it. Uh, certainly a lot of room to grow, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I try to nerd out as much as I can about college football and just what, you know, I love the sport so much. I think it's the most American endeavor that we have in this country. Like, I think if you were to take someone who knew nothing about America uh, and explain it to them in three hours, you just take them to any college football game and they begin to understand it. So I try to just explore the sport from every angle and um, uh, do my best to, uh, you know, deliver stories for our readers. And, our, and you know, we our, our site's obviously different in that, you know, it was founded by a coach. Our, our coach is our main audience. Obviously, we... Uh, go deeper into hirings and firings than, than anybody else. So, uh, you know, anything that we think would be interesting to coaches primarily is, is what we're after. Yeah. I think that's important too, for our listeners here on the flagship podcast who, who may already be fans of footballscoop.com or are just hearing about it. Now talk about how it started in the relationship with coaches, uh, in terms of how your news is gathered. Yeah. It's kind of a, a ultimately, you know, American internet story. Uh, it was started in 1999 by a GA at TCU. Uh, Keith Allen was his name. He was, uh, you know, calling around, you know, every GA wants to be, get to have, you know, being a GA, as we all know, is miserable work and trying to get a full-time job. And so he was calling around, calling around, calling around. And he was like, you know what, if, if I'm doing this, I bet everyone else in my uh, in my spot is doing this as well. I should start a website. You know, that, that was the wild west times of, of the internet. And so he started in 1999 and, uh, did it, ran it by himself, uh, for eight years and would coach during the day and then come home and post the scoop at night. And I mean, the, the site was a, a, a definitely an overnight, uh, sensation among that core group. And, you know, still to this day, uh, GAs are our, our core readers for the most part, but um, he eventually got a landed a head coaching job and was just like, I can't do this. I can't be a head coach and run this website. So um, there's a guy, Pete Roussel, who was in coaching uh, was um, and knew that it had gone up, gone up for sale, talked to his brother, Scott. And uh, Scott was working for Arthur Anderson, buying and selling companies. It was like, you know what? Uh, you should buy this site and we could run it together. So that's what they, Scott bought the site. Scott and Pete ran it uh, for five years or so. They uh, had a falling out and um, Scott hired Doug, uh, I think like six months or so before me. And then I came along in 2012 and it's been the three of us for about eight years. And we hired John Bryce, uh, you know, you surely know him, Chip, uh, covered Tennessee very well. Um, he works with us now. So it's, it's the four of us, um, you know, it's funny. You know, I get a lot of questions from coaches, you know, wanting to know the origin story. And they're like, do y'all have offices? I'm like, no, it's just the four of us. And uh, we we communicate over Slack. And, and that that's the magic of it. Hey, it's it's fantastic. I mean, y'all are comprehensive. It's it's impressive uh, that you all get as much done. And, uh, and it makes me realize that every minute I'm taking from you, you're probably, uh, <laughs> you know, you could be writing some scoop. But let's, let's get into... Um, I mean, you got a store. You've got you, Texas has certainly kept you busy, Zach. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, the fourth coach at Texas in nine years. Um, 
really you left at the right time because um, it's been a desert really since you left in in 2010. But um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, Texas football. Give me your take on where Texas football is in this crazy 2021 season. I know we're in 2022 now, but looking back at 2021, where Texas is four and one, they're up 28 to seven on OU in the first quarter, 38 to 20 at halftime. Heck, 41, uh, 23 in the third quarter and and lose and then go on the longest losing streak since 1956. Yeah, I mean, what really Texas and probably only Tennessee is another program that could have the type of season that, that Texas had. And it, it, you know, it's funny when I first started this job, I was like, what's it going to be like to cover a Texas search? Because uh, yeah, I mean, at that time in 2012, it hadn't happened in a long time. And little did I know what a veteran I'd be uh, <laughs> by 2021. But you were just you know, getting those muscles loosened up, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so hard to have such a to have a hard line take about where Texas is in their 2021 season, because the results we saw are so, I mean, the, the Delta of the performance of that football team was just all over the place. I mean, do you want to believe that they're the team that lost to Kansas? I mean, be so bad that they could lose to Kansas at home. And, uh, you know, as you know, as, as your listeners know, we're really never really the better team in that game. They were behind early trailing throughout, uh, I mean, Kansas won that game and it wasn't a fluke. Like they were the better team that day. But then at the same time, you know, as you mentioned, they had 10 point, 10 plus point second half leads on Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and Baylor in successive games. Like all three top 10 teams. Who else is good enough? No one else in the big, no, even those three teams, you know, never had such advantages over each other that Texas did. Obviously, they, they weren't able to uh, hold on to them, but, you know, it, it's what is the real version? I think I, I think the, the real version is closer to the team that had those leads than the team that lost to Kansas. And I think the, the moves we've seen since then, you know, with recruiting, with hirings that Sark's made, I think we're going to see them uh, improve and continue to improve. I think the team is better than its five and seven record is, but, you know, we know – we all know what Bill Parcells says about what your record means. That's right. You are what your record says you are. All right. We'll take a quick break with Zach Barnett, national columnist for footballscoop.com right here on the flagship podcast. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Zach, now we've got, um, you know, Stan Drayton is now the head coach at Temple Um you know, Brendan Marion's coming in as the receivers coach, replacing Andre Coleman. Uh, Casey Thompson's in the transfer portal, but Texas lands this um, in, incredible recruiting class full of offensive and defensive linemen and Quinn Ewers. Um, and I'm sure you followed Quinn Ewers. You're right outside of Dallas in Alito, and uh, Quinn Ewers played at South Lake Carroll. Uh, give me your thoughts on the rebuild now uh, and where Texas goes from here. 
I mean, it, it's certainly I, – I never imagined, uh, you know, when, when the Kansas game went final that the program could be at this position. The, the recruiting class that they had far outseeded, you know, my expectations for what a 5-7 and seven team could do. Um, I mean, and then to add Quinn Ewers, I mean, really it worked out better having him the way that he arrived in Austin than if he had signed out of high school. Obviously, you lose a year of his eligibility, but – He's already used his one waiver, so uh, he's really locked in for at least the next two years to the program, and he has another year of separation from Arch Manning. So you know, who knows if they eventually get him or not, but it certainly helps that they're two years separated now. And, um, you know, the, the, the offensive line class that they signed is the best in the country. Uh, obviously, they loaded up on the defensive front as well. Like, I think – it's very clearly that uh, they, uh, Sark, got together with Kyle Flood and, and Pete Kukowski. It was like, they, I think I don't think they even need to sit, sit down and speak to each other in their first meeting. Like, we got to beef this program up uh, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And so, you know, the, the I guess the, the downside of that is you can't necessarily expect those guys to become all-conference players in 2022 as true freshmen. But... Uh, they're, Although they're Texas fans them. will hope. <laughs> yeah, and they, they, they obviously need help, uh, certainly on the defensive front, immediately. So I think you're you're going to see them continue to try and tinker and improve there. But, I mean, the outlook for where this program – where this thing can be in 2024, if they can just put the results together on the field, I mean, it, it's – I think the outlook is higher than it's been in a long, long time. Yeah, and with the incredible year that Xavier Worthy had as a true freshman, um, Steve Sarkeesian sure seems to know what he's looking for in terms of skill, talent, offensively, probably the biggest reason why Andre Coleman is no longer uh, with the program. I think there were some differences in recruiting um, with him and Sark. Um, Andre Coleman looking for more of the blue-collar, chip-on-the-shoulder guy. Sark looking for more of the Ferraris out there. So um, in comes Brennan Marion. But, um, you know, this is a fascinating time, obviously, because Texas has already said they're going to the Southeastern Conference, uh, probably going to happen 23 earliest, 24 latest. Give me your thoughts on that move for Texas. I mean, when I first saw the report, I was like, there, it was so mind-blowing, the Houston Chronicle report. I was like, okay, this is someone from the A&M side just trying to embarrass those schools. And then, of course, you know, that broke during SEC media days. And, um, you know, reporters from Texas, Oklahoma reached out. And the response from both sides was all like, ah, rumors. You know, we can't respond to every rumor. And I was, you know, you and I both know, like, this is happening. Like, if it wasn't happening, they were going to say, like, this is happening. And uh I mean, I, I have to say I'm really excited. Like the, the idea of playing A&M regu regularly, uh, you know, maybe every year playing Arkansas regularly, that really uh, – that gets me more excited than playing Alabama, playing Georgia, playing Florida. I mean, I'm sure that will come in time. It's I, – I, I don't know when it's not going to be weird that Texas is in the same conference as Florida. Uh, that's going to take a long time to get used to. But the idea of playing AM and Arkansas again every single year or every other year uh, gets, you know, gets the juices flowing. And it's, you know, if it wasn't already, it's certainly pedal to the metal time. Like you can't put out the product that uh, they did in 2014, 2017, 2021 and think you're going to survive 
in the SEC. Like it is absolutely like all systems go pedal to the metal. And, um, you know, obviously the, the leadership uh, was making moves ahead of time with bringing in Sark, the experience that he has, and then the recruiting, the NIL uh, aspect to it. Like I think the program, I think it's closer to competing than the SEC than the average person probably assumes. But if they go in there and they suck from day one, like my God, the, the shout in Freud is going to be able, you're going to be able to see it from space if they can't compete immediately. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no question. I mean, Texas, one of the reasons I've loved covering Texas since 92 is they are the Yankees of college football, the, the Lakers of, you know, you either love them or you hate them. Um, but you're going to pay attention to Texas because the history, the, the brand, the boosters, um, but it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's a, it's a never ending story in the twists and turns. It's, uh, you never know. You never know what's what's coming. So, um, okay. So we look at the landscape uh, and Texas and Oklahoma, and of course, Lincoln Riley wanted no part of that. So he goes to USC. Uh, in comes Brent Venables. But as you look at the Big Twelve now, adding Cincinnati, uh, Houston, BYU. Um, you know what? When you look at the Big Twelve. What 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 are your thoughts on the Big 12? And certainly Texas will be in it uh, next year. I mean, I think it's going to be a really fun conference to follow moving forward. Um, obviously, you know, Oklahoma has dominated uh, the past decade uh, up and through this season. But you remove Oklahoma, you, you remove the potential of what Texas could be. Uh, and you see that this is going to be a wide open conference. Like, I don't see any program that's going to lord over the rest of the league. And I think, you know, for your entertainment value, I think it's going to be probably the most fun conference to follow um, year in, year out. And, uh, you know, I certainly hope that the 12-team playoff comes to, comes to fruition. I think we all expect that it will. It'll be fun to see these teams, you know, whoever, you know, goes out and wins the conference uh, compete against the best in the country because I don't see the, the coming Big 12 really factoring into the four-team format. But... I think whoever wins the Big 12 is going to be a really good football team year in, year out. And, you know, you look at the programs that aren't pulling their weight right now. I mean, Texas Tech won a bowl game, and they're going to get better. TCU is obviously retrenching. But Kansas is getting better. No one knows that better than Texas. Really, outside of UT, the only program that you would say is not operating at somewhat peak efficiency is West Virginia. And so – uh, I don't know many other conferences that you can say that about. So I think it's going to be, you know, maybe the most competitive conference week to week, year to year uh, of any sport in major college football. Yeah. And you're, and if you're Mike Gundy, you're wondering when am I ever going to win this conference again? Because it sure seemed like it was set up for him um, this year and they lose that game in absolutely heartbreaking fashion. Oh my! I I was listening. I uh, listened back to the radio call of the final play, and it was uh, the Oklahoma State radio was dead silent for a minute on radio after uh, Jalen Warren. I think it was Jalen Warren. Was or no, it wasn't Jalen Warren, but the Oklahoma State running back that was five inches short of the goal line. Like everything you had at that time, you know, they thought we win this game, we're going to jump since or we're going to be in the playoff. Everything you thought you had just beat Oklahoma. You were five inches, three inches short of it. And certainly still a great season, but 
you know, it's a special kind of heartbreak, isn't it? To see most of your dreams come true, but not all of them. Like to beat Oklahoma, to have the season they had, but not reach the all the way to the mountaintop. And even if they hadn't, you know, reached the playoff, that was kind of out of their hands. But to win the Big 12, win Bedlam, go to the Sugar Bowl, maybe win that, that's really the best season you can possibly have. And to get oh so close, but still not get all the way is its own kind of misery. And, you know, Mike Gundy, he's, uh, I, I don't expect him to uh, pull his luscious locks of uh, hair out over this. He, he doesn't get as up and down as, as the rest of us do, but um, it's got to be so, you know, it's heartbreaking in a way to, to lose that game the way that they did. What, uh, Zach, what excites you most about Texas and what concerns you most about Texas going into 2022? Uh, what excites me most is Quinn Ewers. I mean, to think that Texas, that, that there's been one quarterback with a perfect 24-7 rating since Vince Young, and he also plays for Texas, is I still haven't, you know, wrapped my mind. Like, it still hits me like Quinn Ewers signed with Texas. Like, they pulled that off, given that they went 5-7. and seven. So, um, you know, th there's no throw that this kid can't make. So I'm excited to see if he can uh, live up to the hype. And you know what's what what sort of tools Sark can put around him, and, and what they can do with him. You know, uh, to use your analogy, to see where uh, where Sark can take this Ferrari of an offense. But then the defense, like you know, there were times I watched the season, the defense this season, thinking I don't even know what they're trying to accomplish from play to play. Uh, the the scheme wasn't great. The uh, you know the, there was a lot of just assignment busts. You know, they couldn't hold an edge to save their life. So, you know, it was I was kind of wondering at the time, like, OK, Sark's hired most of his assistants. He hired Bo Davis, uh, Terry Joseph, uh, Blake Gideon before he hired his coordinator. And then, uh, you know, none of these guys had ever worked before. It was just obviously the results uh, spoke for themselves in terms of uh, how the staff was put together. So as we're sitting here now. All those guys are set to return. And, you know, personally, I expect them all to return for the most part. Like, uh, I, I can't imagine that you go get a, a Terrence Brooks or Ryan Watts and then go get rid of Terry Joseph right after that. So does another year allow them to put together a product, a scheme that that works for everyone? You know, I don't know. That, that That's a massive question mark. And then at the same time, you know, if you're Sark, it's like, all your all your players have known is new coaches year after year after year, and at some point, attrition for the sake of attrition just it, it doesn't work. Like you've got to keep it going, you got to build at some point. So I mean that right there, right there is his biggest decision moving forward of what to do about this defense because it's hard to get too excited without seeing them actually stop somebody in a game that matters. Yeah, no, it's it's true, and it it just seemed like that front and back of the defense were not tied together. Um, at, at especially at critical times, but a lot of the times, I mean, and then there were games like Iowa state where they were, and you're just, you're, you're looking at it and going, how do you give up 57 to Kansas and play, you know, like you did for two and a half quarters against Iowa state, um, Texas led the Iowa state game at halftime, by the way, yeah. <laughs> it was seven I to mean, three. Yeah. Seven to three. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the phrase, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Whoever invented that phrase was imagining the 2021 Texas defense. Crazy, crazy. All right, so 
I have to say, this is a great system that you have at Football Scoop. If if the GAs are the primary, you know, um, that backbone of the site, and then they grow up to become assistant coaches and head coaches, it's a pretty good network to have, Zach. Yeah, GA, GAs and wives are our uh, our biggest uh, our, our biggest demographics for sure. Yeah, that uh, that's a good. That's a good network to have. I'll, I'll say that. What, um, you know, as you look at college football, it's an unbelievable year with NIL and all the stuff that 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 brings. Um, a lot of people saying, oh, that just turns under the table money in recruiting to over the table money in recruiting either way. Um, how do you how do you see it going? I, I'm one. I think this is I think the transfer portal and nil i think it's going to be messy getting there but i think both of those things will end up being positives for college football i think both of those things will help from a if you look at it as an entertainment product i think both of those things will help put the best players on the field um more often than not and certainly more than what we're seeing before like is it the 1950s platonic ideal of a guy signs with the school out of high school and plays for the love of the game and to get his books paid for. No, it's not, but it hasn't been that for a long, long time. Thank you. So I, I think, um, you know, upwardly mobile guys, uh, you know, we, we, we've seen so many of them shine at a, at a lower level and then move up to the power five. And then at the same time, um, you know, guys that weren't getting on the field at, a, at an LSU at Alabama that can move down a level and, and get on the field and star. I mean, it's a chance to both ways for um, for for players to get out there and prove themselves to the NFL. I think there's certainly going to be, you know, certain examples like, you know, Houston Baptist. They, they have a, a great offense with uh, Caden Stearns brothers, Bailey Zappi, and then they all up and go to Western Kentucky. Obviously, that's devastating if you're Houston Baptist. But if you look at it, as a whole, I think it's going to be a good thing for college football. And then I think NIL, like no one in American society can't make money off of their labor other than college athletes. So moving forward, you know, I think that's off the table. I think um, I think it'll help, uh, you know, borderline guys stay in college. Like if you are looking at leaving and maybe you're fifth round guy, but you can stay for another $100,000 and maybe work your way to a third round guy as a senior, Maybe you get a degree. Maybe you have another, you hone your craft. You become better at a football player. Like I think in the long run, this will help players, you know, the best players play, maybe not the school they signed out of high school, but they'll be on the field. And I think it will help players stick around college longer. And isn't that something we all want? Yeah. Yeah. What um, let's, let's uh, first of all, how's your, how's your dad doing? Dave Barnett. Uh, He's doing great. Uh, he, uh, uh calls north texas uh um football and, and men's basketball games and then also is the voice of the frisco fighters indoor team so uh just saw him at christmas and then we'll uh i'll, I'll see him again here in a couple weeks at a mean green game love your love your dad um and give me like a memory or two from your time at texas like what when you think back on it and and where you are now what stands out Oh man. Um, you know, I remember, uh, the excitement of, of going to the, the open practices. I, I remember having a feeling before the 2008 season, you know, 2007 was kind of disappointing. Uh, the, the 2008 season, 
I remember thinking, you know, I don't know a lot, but I, I think this team is going to be pretty good. And then obviously it turned out to a uh, national title caliber team. You know, we all know how it ended, but uh, that was probably my fo- most fun I've ever had following a team in any sport. Um, uh, I guess embarrassing memory, uh, you know, one time I was interviewing Colt McCoy for a story and we had those uh, tape, you know, the, the actual tape recorders and I hit the wrong button and he's standing there. You know, he's two minutes into an answer. And then I start hearing uh, another interview playing. I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't record any of that. And so, I mean, so I uh, had to roll back like, sorry, can you say that everything you just said all over again? So, uh, uh, you know, of course, Colt's a pro. He did that. But uh, one of those moments where we've all been there. And oh, yeah. Then, um, yeah, just uh, being able to be that that close to the program and, and uh, uh, mainline, you know, how college football works. Uh, was experience of a lifetime for sure. Of your coaching searches, what's been the craziest coaching search um, that you've experienced? That's a good question. Um, man, you know, it feels like that should be the type of thing that uh, I, I have right off the top of my head. Because, but it it's hard to think of a, immediately one that stands out. I mean, I, I will say the the Lincoln Riley saga that just happened of uh him head faking toward lsu so long and the the rumors there and then him up and going to usc eight hours later whatever it was like that's one that i'll remember you know we'll all remember 20 years from now that that's one of the the ones that we'll point back to uh many 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 moons from now yeah especially him saying i'm not going to be the next coach at lsu yes no I mean, one that, thought to ask, are you going to be the coach at Oklahoma next year? Yeah, a brilliant move by him. A brilliant move by the mule shoe magician. <laughs> um, all right, so let's do a little predicting. When will Texas be relevant in a conference race again? When will they be competing possibly in a conference title game again? Man, I mean, I've been asked that question and predicted this so many times that I, you feel like uh, Charlie Brown with the football at some point. But, you know, I look at where the Big 12 is. I look at the overall talent in the on the roster and the coaching staff, and I'm like, why can't it be 2022? There's no good reason why it can't be 2022. And I know for a fact I said that in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. Uh, probably years before that. But the reason I keep coming back to this is there's no reason other than this tripping on their own shoelaces why this can't happen. So I'll say 2022, given the the great unknown of what lies beyond in 2023, we don't even know who the, what league they'll be in. I'm going to say 2022 is the year that it happens. I love it. I, I think that's an ender right there. Uh, Zach Barnett, national columnist, footballscoop.com. Man, I'm, I'm proud of you. I know I sound like a dad, but I remember you sitting next to me in the press box and now here you are national columnist for footballscoop.com. Excited that you're still in our business and, uh, really appreciate the time with us today here on the flagship podcast interview. Thank you, Trip. Uh, it's a thrill to be here. You know, I grew up uh, reading you in the morning news uh, way back when, and to think that uh, you know we'd be sitting here having this conversation uh, is unbelievable to me. So, thank you for having me.
Yeah, man. I, I appreciate it. Let's do it again. We'll make it a regular, uh, a regular check-in here on the flagship podcast interview and happy new year, Zach. Um, and happy new year to all of our listeners. Thanks so much for listening in to the flagship podcast interview with Zach Barnett. Make sure you get over to footballscoop.com to check out all of his work. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Barnett. Um, for Zach, I am Chip Brown. I'll see you over at horns247.com. And until next time here on the flagship podcast, stay safe and keep the faith. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.